go ahead and get started uh, tonight. Uh, tonight we're in a special treat. Like um, one, it's Mother's Day, and we're thankful for all the moms. And a little bit later, we'll have some. We have some special for all the moms, so don't leave quite yet. Um, and so we're excited for today. But one of the things that we started last week um, is is that leading up to here in the next few weeks uh, after after Resurrection Sunday and leading up to Pentecost Sunday. Um, God has put it on my heart to really share about um, the Holy Spirit and, 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 and to understand who the Holy Spirit is and, and what his baptism means, what it really means, um, to answer any questions as well. Um, and, you know, this uh, last week I was talking about the book of Acts and starting the book of Acts. And uh, Oscar is actually going to continue on today. So you'll hear from Oscar today. And we'll have um, time for questions and answers and um, just talk and um, but um, let's pray to get started today, and, and then I'll pass it on to Oscar, and um, and we'll we'll get into this discussion, and let and let's pray that the Spirit just kind of speaks to us and talks to us, and 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 shows us things that we need to know and things we need to hear. Um, let's pray, Father God, God, we thank you, Lord, for this day. God, we thank you for God bringing us all here safely. God, God, we thank you for for what you've done on the cross for our sins, God, that you've brought us here. God, we ask, Lord, that as you bring us closer to you, let your spirit just begin to be with us and talk to us. And we want to know your spirit, God. We want to know you personally. We want to be in your presence tonight. God, we, we, we believe in your indwelling. We believe that you're here already. God, we thank you, Lord. And we ask that you just open our hearts today. Uh, open our ears to hear your word. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, welcome to Vibe Nights. It is uh, my honor and my privilege. Thank you, George and Rocio, for uh, allowing me to be here and uh, give the word. We're going to be in Acts chapter 1, verse 6 through 11. And if you have a Bible, you can follow us or you can follow us on the screen. Um, so as I was studying the word and preparing for tonight, um, there's a, a few things that we're going to cover today, so, but before we uh, get to those three points, I'm going to go ahead and read these verses. So, the Bible says, um, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the father had fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when they, he had said these things, as they were looking on, he had lifted up and, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, the two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who has taken up from you into heaven will, will come in in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And as uh, we see these verses, we're going to talk about three things here. And and it's very important that, you know, every time that we read the, the scriptures, that we try to kind of break through every little thing that we see as much as, as, much as we can. But um, I'm going to try to be very brief today. And I've just covered three other things. So first thing is, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? So we're going to be talking about kingdom. We're going to be talking about their, 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 the context and why they were asking this question, right? 
And then also, we're also going to talk about verse 8. But you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And then in verse 11, we're talking about the promise uh, that the men with the right, white robes said that this, <clears throat> this Jesus who was uh, taken up from into heaven will come in and say in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. So this is a promise of what's going to happen when he returns, right? So let's go ahead and go to the first part. Acts chapter 1, verse 6. It says, Lord, will you at this restore the kingdom to Israel? So if we look at the context of what's going on right now, the Jews are being run by the Romans, right? And so um, even um, even the Jewish uh, people, and they even had issues with trying to... Uh, uh, to 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 get uh, um, get Jesus to be uh, killed through their through their laws, so they had to go through Romans uh, Roman rule uh, Roman laws and try to get him crucified, and through blasphemy because they were saying, well, he's the king of the Jews, and he's a false Messiah, and so they're going through things, but. One of the questions right here that we see is, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And really what Jesus was doing in the book of Luke, because if we look, uh, Acts is kind of like a second part to Luke, is uh, Jesus restores God's kingdom over the word, uh, world beginning with Israel. He called Israel to live under God's reign by following him, and he's enthroned as king through his death and resurrection. So, for example, the Jews were waiting for this Messiah. They were waiting for uh, this person to come and to pretty much take over power over the Romans. But he comes in a very different manner, right? And he comes and he tells them things that were counterintuitive. Like, for example, uh, when, a, when a Roman soldier, like, um, he's, he's, coin, he's coming and he's, and he's telling the, the, the people of Israel um, that... Uh, I'm trying to find the word that I'm, that I'm referring to. Um, he's 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 coming, but not in the way, not a political high high person, but he's coming as somebody at a in a humble state, right? And so we see. And I was actually listening to a a, a debate today uh, from a Christian and a Jewish uh, uh, Orthodox Jew, and there's a lot of things that they don't agree with with how historically how things were handled. Uh, when it regards to Jesus Christ, um, and one of the things is that they they feel that Jesus was not the right person to bring about change in the kingdom, and they they don't even consider New Testament, you know, to be uh, to be something that's you know um, to affirm their faith, right? Because they always stick to the Old Testament, but ultimately. Um, you know when when they when they ask this question, let, let me go back real quick. Actually, here we go. Uh, Jesus' response to them is is not for you. It's not for them to know times or seasons uh, that the Father has already fixed upon their their authority. So basically, here's here's a kind of a a conversation they're having, and Jesus is having the time of sovereignty. Like he's gonna do. He's going to restore the kingdom as he, you know, as he, as he, as he puts it. But the main focus we're going to go to is in verse eight. 
But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So right here we see that he fulfills prophetic hope in Isaiah 32, Ezekiel 36, and Joel 2. He says their new temple in the Messianic kingdom is filled with God's presence. And then we see that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we're going to talk about being witnesses because ultimately it's all about um, witnessing uh, about what, what Jesus did for us. Amen. And George actually talked about something last, uh, uh, last time he spoke about, you know, trying to go after the one. And one of the things that when he was teaching about this is that it really stuck with me because... Ultimately, Jesus is always doing these things to always reach the one. And and uh, I want to really get into that at the very end as to how I'm going to conclude. But um, um, the third part is the two men with the, right, with the white robe said that Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come into the same way as you saw him go into. And this is the promise. Jesus is coming back. And... Jesus is, uh, is already preparing the way and he's using us to be witnesses to the earth and to prepare the time so that he will come. And one of the things that I want to kind of go back to is um, in Luke chapter 8. So I want to see if everybody, if you have your Bibles, if you go to Luke chapter 8, verse 22. And when you're there, you can say an amen. And uh, while you're going through that, um, so we're about to go into um, in Acts uh, chapter 2 soon, and we're going to talk about Pentecost. Does anybody know what Pentecost means? Anybody? Pentecost is a Jewish festival, and it, in the Greek, it means uh, 50, right? Because it's 50 days after Passover. And so we see that Jesus was... Um, was uh, crucified around Passover. And when he resurrected on the third day, it was about uh, 40 days that he was on, on earth witnessing to people, like showing himself to people. Over 500 people saw him. And then uh, then he ascended, right? And we see that in Acts chapter 1. Then they're sent to go and to pray to the upper room. And here's a, here's a call to obedience. That we're to go and pray and to seek after God. And seek after the one, right? So let's first seek after God and be indwelled with his spirit. And um, if, if I'm doing the math correctly, 40 days after Passover leaves 10 days left, right? So we, we're seeing apostles and disciples praying 10 days consistently for the, for the presence of God in their lives. Yes. Here's the thing. A lot of the times, um, and, and I'm going to be honest here. Uh, I grew up in a, uh, in a Pentecostal church where it was uh, taught that um, not necessarily from our, our leaders or pastors, but mainly from people who we see get invited to come. Um, I would hear things like, um, well, if you want to be baptized, you can be baptized today. And I, and, I, and I truly believe that can and could happen because God is sovereign, right? And God can do it. Amen. God can baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And there are some things that I struggle with that because I really wanted that, but I just felt like it was a, it was like a, like a, like it really took out the, it acts, they're praying for 10 days straight. I'm not in that, even after, you know, leaving service, I'm not in that 
I can't say that I'm like this. Uh, I got my prayer closet in my war room. And I, I'm going to be real with you guys. Um, for a long time, I struggled with my prayer life. And it was like out of my weaknesses where God would show me a lot of things. Like, for example, one day I got home um, and uh, there's nobody there. And God would really spoke to me and say, this is your time. You wanted to be alone with me and pray. Sure enough, I went to my closet to get everything out. And I actually went in there and sat there. And I have a lot of things in my mind. And I don't like to pray until everything's cleared out of my mind. So I'm just there. I'm like waiting. As soon as I feel like like I'm clear-headed, then I start to I start to remember how I was taught to pray, to exalt His name, to lift Him up, to lift up His will first. And before I'm like God, well, I want this, I want that. No, I'm like God. Before you can give me anything, I gotta tell you, thank you. I exalt you. You're a great God. You're an amazing God. And I started just saying words of affirmations to God and saying, God, I am nothing. You are everything. I need you. You are my sustainer. You are my king. You are my everything. And as I started praying and I started to worship God on my own, um, and I started to conclude my prayer after, you know, being in there for, for an hour, I felt a tug in my heart being like, um, I think you should go on uh, Facebook Live and pray for people. Now, mind you, if you know me, and if you really know me, if my wife knows this, that I don't like to be on camera. I like to be behind the scenes. I don't like my picture taken. I don't like to be on video and things like that. And then when I told her, she was like, are you serious? Like, you're really going to do this? And I was like, I believe so. And I believe God is telling me to. And she was like, oh, wow, this is big. Because this is not your thing. You don't really like to do that. And um, so I close the door. I get on. And I don't know why. But I get on Facebook and I just put, anybody prayer? And went live right and I just sat there and waited and then sure enough I was only gonna put like 30 to 45 minutes for me to stay there and and people came and chimed in and be like yeah I need prayer for this I'm sick my grandma my, my this my my I have a bad relationship with my father I have a bad relationship so here comes the prayer petition and I start to pray for those and and this is and this is what happened that I feel, and I had to share this with um, with people, is that one of the things that I said in, in Facebook Live was, I'm not a prayer warrior. I'm not a person that in this, doing this all the time, like, believe me, like, I am the least best person to be interceding, but you know what? God called me to do it, so I'm going to do it. So, long story short, a lot of answer, a lot of prayer, um, a lot of petitions were prayed for, and later on, I find out a lot of prayers were answered. Yeah. And and I I said it was through the weakest, it was through the least qualified, the one that was not supposed to be doing it. And then later on, I looked and um, I I looked at the video, and I saw over six hundred people saw my my video of me praying over others and I was uh even people from had just started going to faith they're like man who is this guy and I I had to re- uh before I ended the video I had to retell this like guys just remember like this is not coming from a person who is uh 
uh, that's in the war room, that's in the prayer, I'm actually like the worst. And you know what? This is just me being at a base. I actually hate being on camera. I actually haven't been on Facebook Live since then. And because I don't feel like, I don't feel like uh, that's not my character. And I will only do it if it's a God thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be like in the mall and be like, hey, I'm over here. It's just not me. But if God tells me to do it, I got to be obedient, right? And I want to talk about obedience. Obedience is something that God is looking for, right? So we're in Luke chapter 8, um, verse 22. And this is going to go into what we're talking about in Acts chapter 1. So it says, one day Jesus uh, said to his disciples, let's go over there to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. I want you to key in. He said, let's go to the other side. There's no questions. They just followed, right? Verse 23. And they sailed and he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in a great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and, and raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands every, even the winds and the water, and they obey him. They sailed to the region of the um, Gerasenes. Is I'm pronouncing that correctly? Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived on in a house, but had lived in his tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, and he fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man. Many times they had seized him. And though he was chained and handed and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demons into solitary places. Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged him repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs were feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jews to let them go into them, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and they heard a rush down the, down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw that what was happening, they ran off and reported this in the town countryside. And the people went out to see what happened. When they came, Jesus they, uh, Jesus. They found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people who had a demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the garrisons asked Jesus to leave them, because they were overcome with fear, so he got into the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. But Jesus sent out away, saying, Return home, and I tell and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over the town how much Jesus had done for him. Here's a quick thing. Jesus only went to the other side from who? For the one person, right? And we see this story come out a lot of times. You, you see it with the Samaritan woman. Meet with one person, but it affects many. You meet that one person, but it affects many. They go on, on this, this side of town. We see that there's pigs. Now, if you, if you look at the culture, Jewish people don't really, you know, hurt, you know, pigs. 
So we see that these are Gentiles, right? And they're afraid of Jesus, see what's going on. And we see that in this region, this person was meant to be set free and to share what God has done in their lives. So we see that he's after the one. And we have to be in obedience to God that when God has set us free, that we have to be obedient to go out and seek after the one as well. And here's the thing. A lot of the times, Jesus wasn't with him. He says, just go and just be witnesses of what he did for you. And this is what we go back to right here in Acts 1.6. You will be my witnesses. He says, not only in your hometown, but in Samaria, Judea, and all to the ends of the earth. And what I want to kind of pour into your heart today is before you can go out to seek the one, you have to be a witness of what God has done in, in your life. That's good. A lot of the times we go and we're broken and we're hurting and we're going to try to seek the one, but we haven't gotten to the perspective of God. When have I come to him in gratitude? When have I come to him with praise? But sometimes I feel like we go and try to seek the one, but we're kind of doing it out, out of obligation. We kind of feel like we're doing it out of agenda, but not out of true sincerity of trying to be witnesses. And so what I'm trying to emphasize today in Acts is that we need to seek after his presence because the only thing that can be good of us, of love and compassion, of empathy, can come from his Holy Spirit. And this is where it all comes back together. If we seek him in his presence, we're more, uh, 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 we're more prepared because he promised us that we will have power. You see, when you don't have the Holy Spirit, there's one thing you don't have. It's power. You have zero authority, actually. Because the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is not residing within you, right? Of giving you that authority, that kingdom-minded drivenness, right? And so I also want to encourage you guys that when we humble ourselves and seek after his presence, that's whenever we can see that we can affect many. Yeah. When we're in obedience. You see, I was, I was very disobedient for a long time in my prayer walk. But whenever I became obedient is whenever I was be able to impact many and people were set free. Amen. People actually know me at faith. Uh, from from that one instance, I remember this one lady. All she knows me from is from that one video, and she said every time she sees me, she says thank you. That's it. Why? Because literally, she just got on Facebook because she had a problem with her family, and we we prayed over it, and God 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 did the miracle, right? A lot of times when we read these scriptures, we see how the Bible is connected. We see how George was talking about last last time he spoke was that we have to seek after the one. You know, uh, Luke is talking to this person in the audience is Theophilus, right? And he's after the one and how he impacts many. So that's why he wrote Luke and he wrote the book of Acts or the Acts of the Apostles. And we see that the apostles, um, the disciples, there were about 120 of them that were seeking after his presence. And then the, the mighty rush of wind came and they were all baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was talking to George the other day about that and how I felt that um, I 
being baptized in the Holy Spirit, I felt that as the scripture says, as they spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance. And I was like, I struggle with that. And I told her, I was being honest with her. I was like, I struggle with that. I wish I can just speak whenever I feel like the the Spirit is enabling me to, to do so. And I've always learned that um, God is a God of order. He's never a God of disorder. Mm-hmm. And I was even I was even telling George about how one time he came to preach and he even taught while he was preaching. What was happening in the Spirit? He taught in the practical what literally was going on biblically. And that gave a lot of peace in the room for a lot of students. So that, I typically had students that would be like, they go, I don't want to go up there. I don't want to get thrown on the floor. And, and and they had a lot of fear about things that happened in a lot of Pentecostal churches. And I told them, don't have fear. If you feel like it is not from God, then don't go. But I remember when George came and preached, um, the youth were all in the altar and they were all receiving. I remember the Prince of Peace is here. There should be peace. Why should students have anxiety, right? If Prince of Peace is in the room, in the midst. And uh, I was telling them that, and uh, I believe that truly when we become obedient and we seek after his presence, that we'll be able to seek after the one that will reach many. Um, as we start, uh, continue on this passive vibe, I feel that, you know, now is the time to be able to seek him um, like no other. That's good. Um I believe that ministry and sometimes ministry, and I even expressed this before, whenever you're busy in ministry, ministry can kill you and your vibe with your, your walk with God. And sometimes you're more busy with the practical things and you forget, hey, you know what? I just want to get in the presence of God. Yeah. You know, I just want to get in my car and just worship instead of just thinking about, I got to go to another meeting. You know, I got to meet with so-and-so. I got to, you know, do this or do that. But I want to get in some presence of God right now. And I feel like, I believe that season will come where we will be very busy with a lot of people and we will be having to minister. But I believe that this time is a time of seeking after him. That's right. You know, and seeking his presence. And so that the Holy Spirit will indwell us to give us power. Because we're going to encounter situations that it will be out of our hands. That the only thing that can help us and, 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 and give us solutions for these things is the power of God. That's good. And... That's just something that I feel in my heart that I wanted to share with you guys. And I wanted to correlate everything that we have to seek after the one. We have to seek after his presence. We have to be obedient. And the Bible says to test every spirit to see whether there is from God. Right? Not everything that, uh, I would say, not every door that opens, every door closed is from the Lord. Right? So we always have to be in discernment. But I believe that God will always guide us. Right? Amen. And that we'll be obedient to what he called us to do. So I want to go ahead and um, uh, I want to pray. And one of the things that I want to pray for is for um, a burning and a yearning for seeking after his presence. Not necessarily just in the normal way in a sense. But I want to say even when you feel like you don't feel like you deserve it. Um, when you feel like, man, I feel like such a hypocrite. Why do I lift? I and I talk to a lot of students. I'm like, man, big old, I would lift up my hands. I would go like this. I would do this for But I'm not living right. And those are the ones that are in the back of the church, and they're just indifferent because they feel unworthy. Or and I want, I want to say, you know what, man, 
even when you feel like you're not worthy or anything, lift up those hands because you know what? He's worthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the one. That, and you know what? He's going to restore you. He's going to, uh, uh, he's going to heal you. And he's going to send help for you. He loves you. And I, I, I know that for me, I have to be sensitive to that. Because uh, there's been time where I've been in church, and you know what? I'm, I'm going to say for real that I feel like, man, God, I can't lift up my hands. There's a Lauren Dangle song that says, how can I lift up my hands? You know, I I feel unworthy. I feel uh, to be able to lift up something, I don't feel. And that's some of the songs that I love about Lauren Dangle is that, that she's being real with herself and not just being fake in the front, being like, oh, yeah, I lift up my hands and everything, but... You know what? Sometimes you're walking in his walk with the Lord for so long. Sometimes um, you you encounter some things that, man, God, I need your help in this time. I need some guidance. Or you know what? Straight up, if you're still struggling with sin, I want to pray for that. And so I'm going to ask everybody if you can, uh, you know, just stand to your feet. And we're going to go ahead and pray. And uh, you might even play a little bit of music for us, George. Um,